Lord, we've boldly come into the throne room, God, Lord, with thanksgiving and praise. And, and Lord, we've entered into your presence. And, Lord, we thank you that there's a word. There's fresh manna coming. There's something new for us. You're going to go above and beyond for us. And I thank you, God, Lord, that this beautiful service that we are engaged in right now is a service that will change our life and put a mark on us that we'll never forget. I believe that there are many people who are tuning in online and here in person that it's been a very long time since God touched your heart. Not touched your heart to move you and inspire you, but touched your heart to say, I love you. To the point where you were weeping in his arms. And he said, I've, I've got something new for you. And I pray that happens for somebody because those moments that you go without that touch are moments that you feel like you are so far from God. It's been so dry. You've been so disconnected. And God says, that's not how I want you to be. I'm pulling you in. And I'm drawing you close in relationship. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you are going to go above and beyond, above and beyond, above and beyond for us. God, today and every day. And Lord, I pray that you would speak clearly to each and every one of your people who are called by your name. And Lord, we're ready to receive your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Let's give God some praise, Bridge Church, here and online. All of our home churches, prisons, give God some praise. You may be seated. We got a video to set up the sermon in this series in this Vision Sunday, so turn your attention to the screens. It's going to get powerful in here. excited for 2021. I know a lot of people are not, but I am because uh, I know who holds my 2021. I know who gave me my 2021. It didn't come from anybody else. 
God's got my 2021, and I'm thankful for it, uh, and I'm so grateful for it. And God's word that he gave us, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, I'm going to go beyond 2021. And so I want you to write that down. That's the title for this message. That's the title for our new series. That's the word, and God says, not only am I going to go beyond, I'm going to go outside the scope of ordinary experience. So think about that. I want you to write that down, and I want you to write it down and say, God, take me. Why? Because you know what? I've We've, some of us have experienced a lot. Not all of it's good. Not all of it's bad either. But, but I, I want to go beyond what I've experienced because if I keep experiencing the same things, I'm going to keep having the same results. And I mean, I'm just going to be in the same cycle I've always been in. I don't want to be in. How many are ready to be in a, new, a different cycle, a different way? I, I'm, I'm good with that. Give me something new, okay? I'm great with that because I want to see God do something new. And so when God said that, we said that I've got the vision. I want this. I, I, God showed me how we would set it up and what we would do and the word. And God spoke to my wife. In fact, if you didn't recognize that voice, she's not only tuning in online. I'm going to pull back the veil a little bit. But that was Pastor Emily. She was really good. I love that. That's just scoring me points, people. Just help me out here. I love you, honey. I know you're tuning in. Uh, but I want you to open with me to John chapter 1. Very familiar passage. Many of you know it. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. We're going to read that to start. And then I'm going to start this message of beyond. And I'm going to talk about John chapter 1 and John chapter 2. I, I first service, I, I, God just took over, and it was incredible. Uh, and I, I only got through the introduction. So we're going to have to, we're, we're going to see how far we can get right now. And then just keep going next week and keep going and keep going and keep going. And let God go beyond. Okay. So in the beginning was the word. You know the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Some of your verses say, did not overcome it. Somebody said amen right there, church. Oh, I love, y'all are all with it today. I love this. I could hear the worship sound like a roaring choir behind me. And that's how we worship here at Bridge Church. If you're used to something very passive and quiet, welcome to how things are being done. Because this is, this is a way that you can live like Paul lived. Paul said, I'm passionately persuaded for the cause of Christ. It's hard to be timid and get beheaded for Jesus. It's hard to be passive and get filleted like Nathaniel did for Jesus. It's hard to give your life to Jesus and be timid and shy. Very difficult. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying that's one of the most difficult roads you'll ever take because it's really hard to really live for Jesus and go only 25, 50, 60%. When you go all out for Jesus, that's, that's when things start changing. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. In the beginning, there was the light. Remember, God spoke, let there be light. Did you know that scientists have proven now that everything began from a flash point of light? Okay. I, I, you know what? When people say, hey, they're, they're studying to try to prove that Jesus wasn't born. They're trying to study to prove that Noah wasn't real. They're trying to prove and study that God didn't create. They're trying. Every time they go out to do some research and homework, all they do is prove that God is real. The word is real. This is infallible, and it's true. 
and I love it. So I'm like, yeah, keep going, man. Spend billions of dollars on it because it's only going to prove that the word of God. And it, what it did is it said they've proven now that that flashpoint of light now has continued to expand in every direction ever since the beginning. And it's continued to expand so much. It's continuing to expand and create more solar systems and universes and galaxies continuing to go because he didn't say, let there be light and stop right there. He said, let there be light and light kept going. Somebody say beyond. Come on, y'all gonna help me. I'm warming you up here. So he, it just, it went beyond. It was incredible. It was phenomenal. It was, it was the flashpoint. And I told you guys last week or, or a week or two ago that when my wife, the transfer of the embryos went to my wife, that they said, watch for this. We call this the flashpoint. And literally at the moment when everything collides together, there's a flash that happens with conception. And you tell me that God doesn't bring life at the moment, right? I'm telling you, there's, a, there's so much to this. Because it goes beyond our comprehension. Now, of course, we're looking in John. And John's interesting because John, John goes, John's different. Everybody say, he's different. Oh, yeah, he's different. John, like, okay, you got to imagine. Take yourself back, rewind a couple thousand years ago, and they're all writing the Gospels. Omar's sitting down. Doug's, Pastor Doug is here, our executive pastor in the house. I love it. Um. I, I, I'm, we're, we're, they're writing their stuff down and Matthew, Matthew, he's starting to write it down and Matthew's like talking with the other guy and they're all trying to remember, okay, okay, day one, you, you were collecting taxes. I, I, I was fishing, okay, and, and they're writing it all down and they're going through it and, and Matthew, he's starting to write his down and Matthew starts with genealogy and he's like, oh, okay, let's, let's prove, let's go back. Let's go back. How, how do we go? So let's go back 42 generations. So he goes back 42 generations. Why? To prove that he comes from David. And not just to prove that he comes from David, but to prove that he comes all the way from Adam. So then he goes from Adam to David to Jesus. And so he establishes that. And Mark goes a little bit different. Mark starts to talk about John the Baptist, but he still establishes the birth of Jesus. And he talks about how Jesus is the immaculate conception. Then Luke is kind of similar. Dr. Luke gets a little more scientific. And Luke t- t- paints a similar picture of, of genealogy and birthplace and, and, and then how John the Baptist played a big part. But John does it different. John doesn't tell all these stories. There's no wise men. Where's the nativity story in here? John messed up. Right? You're like, John, you had one job. And we're all writing it together, bro. Like, we're, he got it good. He almost got, he was close. At least they're on the same track. John doesn't even go anywhere near what any of them tell. And he tells a totally different. Uh, let me ask a question. Are you willing to tell your story even though it's different? Because God wants to go beyond for you. But if you're trying to be somebody else, God can't do beyond in your life. Because God wants to say, look, I, your story's a little different. And the way I'm going to have you write this and tell people, it's not going to sound like other people. But I need you to be okay with that. Is it okay that your testimony isn't like other people's testimony? Is it okay? I, you know, I, I rem- haven't you heard it enough? How many grew up in church? Raise your hand if you grew up in church and hearing testimonies of preachers and teachers. I grew Right? And then you get up, these evangelists would get up, and they'd preach, oh, I was a drug addict and I went to prison and I, and they tell about these horrific stories. I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at Jesus, how he did it. And then we're like, then it's like, I was a prostitute, not me. There was all these people and they're talking about all the stuff they went through. And it's like, and you, you only see these extreme stories. And then what we started to see, how many follow along you believers out there, you started hearing a lot of similar stories of other people. And it sounded like they were just telling some. And, and because, look, uh, this is how it, how it happens. 
I went to jail, but not like how other people go to jail. When I was younger, I went to jail because I ran out onto the Rangers stadium during a game, Rangers baseball team, okay? So I went out there, and I jumped on the field. I ran around. I was a crazy. I was just throwing my shirt around. Like, yeah, security sucks, and we're just running around everywhere, and, and I had that testimony, and I, I got in trouble here and there, kicked out of school for a little stuff, but I could easily get up here and be like, oh, I went to prison. I had drug addiction in my, I went to, I, man, I didn't do hard time. I went to county jail for a couple hours. <laughs> my dad and mom let me and bailed me out, okay? But that's my story, I don't need to put my story on a crutch. I don't need to tell my story to make it look better in your eyes. I don't need you to agree with it, like it, or feel it. I just need to be true to who I am and who God created, what he's telling me to be. Look, come on, Flagstaff. We're going to tell the Flagstaff story right now. We don't have to be Phoenix. We don't have to be L.A. We don't have to be, we don't have to be Texas. We don't have to be New York. We don't have... Flagstaff gets to be its own. Arizona, wherever you're tuning in from, whatever county, whatever city, whatever state, I'm here to tell you, do you, boo-boo. Be, just, just be you. Because you have a different story to tell. But everybody wants to, God can't bless who you're pretending to be. And you continue, if you're, if you're not faithful to your story, and telling your story. I know parents who won't tell their own kids, family, or friends their story because they want people, they don't want their kids going astray thinking everything will work out. It's a, so they won't tell their kids their testimony when they're old enough to hear it because if they do, they're fearful that they'll live out the same story. But it, that's fear guiding you, not faith. So well, if you gotta, you gotta not tell your story in fear of wondering what could or could not. What if, I, what if, they, don't, what if they don't put my gospel in the Bible. What if they look at what my writing and say, my writing's not that good. Somebody, I'm preaching to somebody right now who has a book in them and God is saying, look, I'm calling you to write this book. It's not meant to be somebody else's book. It's your book. And you need to write that. But there are things in creativity and signs and wonders that God can only do through you. And you need to be true to you. And so it's just, but that's how we start off. We start off this series of beyond by understanding we have to be true to us. Now for us as Flagstaff, I didn't get to preach this and say, or talk about this in first service, but we, we're going to go beyond and we're going to tell our story. This year, we're adding back in men's ministry. We're adding back in some retreats. We're adding back in women's ministry. We're adding back in all these other things. And churches may do it differently. Hear me, everybody online. Other churches are definitely going to do things differently. I'm not called to live their story. I'm called to live our story and be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Some churches aren't open. We're open. Some churches all wear masks and not wear masks. Some churches do things different. I'm not here to live their story. I'm here to live our story. And our story says, hey, God, I want you to go ahead and get ready for kids camp and youth camp. I want you to get ready for a fall retreat. I want you to get ready for revival. I want you to get ready for growth. I want you to get ready for salvations and a harvest that's like no other because I'm ready to go beyond our you. And all this is coming and so much more. But it starts off by simply being true to who we are. And then he tells another interesting story that none of the other gospels tell. Go with me to John chapter 1, verse 43. It says, the following day, Jesus, after John establishes that he is, the son, he is God, he is the Lamb of God, then he establishes and he, his following. So then Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said, Philip, follow me. Slap your neighbor and say, follow me. Follow me. I know the way. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's try this again. Stop your neighbor and say, follow me. Follow 
Now slap him again and say, I know the way. <laughs> we like trailed off at the last one. Follow me. I know the way. <laughs> Follow me. And, and you know what? I, in 2021, I want to encourage you to make a new friend. If Jesus had to go out and say, hey, will you be my friend? Hey, will you follow me? I think there's an age that we hit. Somewhere in our age, we get to the point where we're like, I've got enough friends. <laughs> and my friends cost me money. So uh, we got enough friends, and, and I, I, I don't need more. But w- when did we get to that place? Because we need to go back to that place and say, God, forgive me, because I need to be making a new friend every day. And Jesus continued to say, hey, will you follow me? Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Even when some didn't want to, he still kept saying, will you follow me? And we need to step out if we're going to go beyond with Jesus and start saying, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael. Not everybody talks about Nathanael. And none of the other gospels really mention Nathanael. Now, but here, John begins to talk about Nathanael. And it's interesting because Nathanael doesn't seem like a very pivotal character in the Bible, but I'm about to explain to you how God's going to go beyond in Nathanael's life. And Nathanael, he found Nathanael, and he said, we found him. Who? The one who Moses and the law and all the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And he's excited. I want you to put an exclamation. I'm going to add a little bit to the Bible. I know you're not supposed to. Lord, forgive me. But I hear the excitement in Philip. Philip gets called by Jesus. And Philip gets excited. And Philip goes out and says, I'm going to get somebody else too. So Philip goes out and gets Nathaniel. And he tells him. And this is what we used to do when we loved Jesus with all our heart. Because when we used to really be passionate. Remember when you first got saved? And you, you got saved and you were, man, you were so excited about living for God. You couldn't wait to bring somebody new. But yet somewhere, and, and we, he went out and he's like, hey, you got to come and meet Jesus, man. You got to come to my church. It's crazy. You got to see my, my church is incredible. You got to come out and man, you'll love my church. We got a crazy pastor. We got a fog machine. We got lights. We got cameras. It's insane, people. You got to come and see. We found him and his excitement was through the roof. I wish we could get back to the, that excitement with Philip and, and start talking in Flagstaff say, oh, you got to meet Jesus. You got to come to church. You got to experience because some at some point we've got to have knowing Jesus as the most exciting point of our life. If that's not exciting enough, nothing ever will be. And he got thrilled to go tell somebody and he goes and tells him. And this is what's I love this. He speaks to him and he says, hey, look, we found him. The one who's talking about Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yeah, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can any like can anything good come out of Nazareth? This is a real question. And I'm going to show you why he was sincere about it here in a minute. But when he speaks this, he's like he's just like everybody else. You invite somebody to church you're like church. Hey, I want you to come to this bridge church. We're crazy. Yo, bridge. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, like off of Lake Mary? Little white building? Flagstaff? What good can come from that? What good can come from that? It's just a little church. Everybody say little. It's just a little church. It's not that. For those of you online, sometimes it may look like there's a thousand people in here. There's like 50. And and we always see a hundred max. I'm breaking the veil here and letting people know the mystery's gone, folks. But we have, but it's it's not that big. And and sometimes you, you can easily discredit your little bit. 
because, you know, what good? It's just Nazareth. It's just Flagstaff. It's just Bridge. It's just me. I don't have that much talent. God's calling me to go beyond, but I don't have that much left in the tank, to be honest with you. I've served God my whole life, and I feel like I've only got a little bit of hope and faith left. I don't have, a, I just have a little bit, but thank God for a little bit, because he'll do a lot with your little bit. If you'll be okay with just having a little bit, he'll do a lot with your little bit, because when you have a lot, there's not a lot of room for God. But when you have a little bit, all it's just a little bit. It's the little things. It's all he needed was a, a, a sling and some stones. It's just a little bit. All she needed was a little bit of oil. All they need was a little bit of Elijah needed to float that axe head. And all he had was a little stick. That's all they had. It was just a little bit. Do you have a little bit? Do you have a little bit of faith? Do you have a little bit of talent, a little bit of ability, a little bit? Well, I can't give that much in the offering because all I got a little bit. But I remember a woman who walked right up with just a mite and that little bit became a lot because God can go beyond with your little bit. But you need to be comfortable with just, I just had, hey, you know what? When I got comfortable with saying, hey, this is just our church. It's not a big church. It's not this kind of church. God said, let me do a lot with your little bit. And now we have nine home groups around the world. Now on top of that, we not only have that, we have over a thousand people that attend this church in three years of launching this church. We had over 700 salvations during 2020, and we had over 300 baptisms during a pandemic. Oh, give God some praise right there because he'll do a lot with your little bit. Because it's okay to recognize that it's just a little bit, but sometimes our flesh won't allow us to say, I just have a little bit. All I have is a little bit of hope left. I can barely clap today. I couldn't even raise my hands during worship today. Because all I had was a little bit. And, 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 and Nathaniel begins to challenge the little bit, but it's the little bit that God's going to do a lot with. And then Nathan, Philip responds, and Philip just simply says, when, he, when the critical spirit came, and he said, what good can come? He's excited about his thing, but he's not. And when he's critical about it, and, and, and he tries to like be almost Pharisee, like what good could come from it? He launches, he leashes out, he just shoots a, a target. You know, he does all that too, and he just says, what good could come from that? And he's critical. You know, it's interesting, and I just want to speak this to somebody. It's interesting that we're usually the most critical with the people that will forgive us the most. We're not usually critical with just strength. We're critical usually with our spouse, with our church with our friends, with our family first. Why? Because they're the ones we know that will love us, even when we're critical, even when we're harsh, even when we're difficult to deal with. And so we normally lash out to the ones we love the most. Come on. Y'all know who I'm preaching to everybody in this house. And all. I know I'm preaching to you because we do this. We did it at Christmas and at Thanks. I know your home. I know what was going on because sometimes what we'll do is we'll lash out to each other because we know they have to forgive us and we know they'll love us through it. And that's what Philip does. Philip goes, that's all right, man. I'm just going to ignore that. Philip says, come and see. Philip says, come and see. Hey, I, we need to stop trying to explain church and just say, come and see church. We need to stop trying to explain Jesus because that's what he tried to do and say, just come and see. Come and see. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't need to explain you. I want you to experience Jesus. We've had enough explaining about who Jesus is with condemnation and guilt and shame and fear and all of the judgment that the Christian body can throw at people. I'm done explaining Jesus. I want you to come 
and experience who Jesus is. And he says, come and experience who Jesus is. We're going to go beyond your intellect because sometimes your intellect will not allow you to see through into the supernatural. And so he says, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming and he's toward him and he said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. I love this. Why? Because Jesus hasn't met him. Jesus hasn't talked to him. Jesus does know him. But he doesn't know Jesus. This is a stranger. And, and I wonder if many of us, if we saw Jesus coming towards us, we wonder, I wonder how we really think he would talk to us. And I think most people, if we were honest with ourselves, knowing where we've come from, I think especially he had just said what good could come from Nazareth. Now he's seeing him straight face to face. I think many of us would see Jesus and think that he would treat us with a mild disappointment or disdain. Hey. And when I say, so it's hard to worship, it's hard to pray, it's hard to live for God when you think that the first encounter you're going to have is, you could have done better. I wish you hadn't said that earlier. Yeah, I heard it. I wish you hadn't done that. No, no, he, he walks up. This is a rejoicing statement that you're about to give God praise for because his first encounter after he hates on his hometown and his family, right? Anybody t- have somebody talk about your family? Well, how would you react? And, and all of a sudden he steps out and Jesus says, hey, this is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. What he was saying is, I love you, Nathaniel. Oh, I got your back, Nathaniel. You're a great man. Oh, I, there's faith in you. There's greatness in you. He stepped out and said, oh, I need you to help change the world because Nathaniel was about to change the world. And Jesus said, I see greatness in you and spoke it into him, just like he's speaking it into each and every one of us. And the encounter that we have with Jesus is going to be contradictory to what our flesh tells us it will be. So every time your flesh tells you he's disappointed in you, know that he loves you. Every time the enemy says you did wrong again, know that he's got your back. He'll pick you up because when you fall, he'll pick you up. And when you mess up, he'll dust you off. When you've got sin in your life, he's got grace for your life. When every time the enemy tries to throw more dirt on you, that's when God shakes it right off you. He says, I got your back and I'm going to speak life into you. And when I have the opportunity to continue, I could speak truth. I could speak facts. I could speak judgment. I could speak, but I'm going to speak life into you. And he speaks this powerful life into him. And then he says, Who, how do you know me? How, how do you know me? And Jesus said, before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree, underline this, and I saw you. I could preach the whole message from this one point. This one point of remember when Jesus saw you when it was three in the morning and you were crying alone and nobody knew you were crying and why you were crying. Jesus saw you when, when you were when you were about to take your life because of depression and all the discouragement and the bankruptcy and the divorce that's coming upon you. Jesus saw you right where you needed him when you were going through all hell and nobody knew about it. But you were under a little tree crying by yourself. He said, I saw you, Philip. I know that this was so powerful because of how Philip responds to Jesus. 
because he starts declaring that he is the son of God. When you're having a personal, powerful moment, oh, God sees you in that moment. I knew, I don't know what happened underneath the fig tree. I can tell you, though, it was very personal. And Jesus knew that. And he said, when you were all alone, I saw you. When you were hurting, I saw you. When you were depressed, I saw you. When you were full of doubt, I saw you. When you were the pessimist, I saw you. When you were negative, I saw you. When you were, when you had nothing to hope for, I saw you. Thank God somebody, God, Jesus saw me when I needed are you thankful that Jesus saw you in your need? Are you thankful that who's online? Am I, maybe I'll preach online. Who's thankful that Jesus saw you in your hour of need? Because there are many times we go through things that nobody knows. It's one good reason to fast and pray. I go to fast and pray because I talk to Jesus about things I can't tell anybody. Amen? I, I go in there and there are things I, I, I want to say, but I can't. I, but I have to unload and unburden my heart. And Jesus said, I saw you. And that's when Nathaniel responds. Now, many of us, again, could look at Nathaniel and say, but Nathaniel's not a big character. Nathaniel's not Peter. Nathaniel's not Paul. Nathaniel's not these big-time guys. No, he's not. But Nathaniel did a, a change the world. Uh, Nathaniel changed the world in ways that you didn't even understand. Nathaniel changed Ethiopia. Ethiopia has, he reached Ethiopia and almost all of Africa, but he reached Ethiopia and one of that Ethiopia alone has some of the oldest churches in the world. And those churches that Nathaniel started, listen, that Nathaniel started in Ethiopia have been having church services and prayer services every day for the last 2,000 years and have not missed a service. Oh, yeah, you can give God some praise. Because when you think you're not important, I'm not Peter, I'm not Paul, I'm not T.D. Jakes, I'm not Stephen Furtick, oh, I'm not the president, I'm not this, I'm not, oh, but no, I, I may be a Nathaniel, and you may not know my name, but my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He knows my story. I, I have a story to tell. You don't know, but you, we're all impacted by Nathaniel's ministry, and you didn't know Nathaniel until I read it this morning. And there'll be people thousands of years until, until Jesus comes back again. If we keep going, there are going to be people that will be changed because you, you change somebody. The bakers, there are people that are changed and will continue to be changed for the rest of their life because you have lived for the Lord your whole life. I, I, I've watched God, just God putting you in our life, I'm just thankful for. So if nothing else, you've impacted my life and it impacts other people's lives. We love you. God's got to, don't, we discredit our story. And then there are points in our life that we question and say, does my story really matter? And God says, oh, you may not feel it right now, but I'm going beyond. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go beyond your lineage. I'm going to go beyond your generation. I'm going to go beyond your genealogy. I'm going to go beyond your heritage. I'm going to go beyond your children and grandchildren. I'm going into fourth and fifth and sixth generations. You're just sowing a seed, but one day one will water, and then generations, another will see it grow, and then another generation will see the harvest because you decided my story matters. And then, and then to close, I, I wish I could keep preaching because honestly, I told the first service this. This was just the introduction to water to wine. And so that was my whole point. I wanted to get preaching about, y'all know the story water to wine? I'm going to have to preach that next Sunday. But let me conclude with this piece right here of how he responds. Because how he responds is setting all this up for us. 
He says this right here. He says, Rabbi, you are the son of God, which by the way, this is the first time in all four gospels that somebody confesses and professes that he is the son of God on the earth. So you tell me Nathaniel's not important. He's the first one to say it. He says, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Oh, and Jesus said, because I saw you in a fig tree, just like because I saw Zacchaeus in a tree, because you think that that was, oh, you think seeing you was good? Okay, get ready. Because he says, you think, you think seeing you was, that's just the start. You, you think God has been good? Raise your hand if God has been good in your life. Go ahead, come on, everybody in here and everybody online. Oh, you think that was good? Oh, get ready. Because then Jesus says, because I said to you, he said, you will see greater things than these, beyond things. And he said, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and angels ascend of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And I'm here to tell you today that what was is good, but what will be is beyond. And God said, I'm getting ready to go beyond for you, beyond what you've experienced, beyond what you felt. Oh, if you feel what I'm preaching, come on, give God some praise. If you understand that God said, that was good, but great is coming. Because God doesn't go in reverse. The Bible says God goes from glory to glory, victory to victory, one line upon another, precept upon precept. He doesn't go in reverse. He only goes forward. And God's about to go beyond. And I love how he says this because you remember, go back to that ending verse that I, is it up there? He said, I'm going to do greater things. And most assuredly, I say to you hereafter, 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 hereafter. Oh, until I die? No. Uh, until, until I resurrect? No. Until, until the apostles are done with the miracles because everybody likes to preach that the miracles ended with the book of Acts. Uh, until the book of Acts is done? No, no, no. Hereafter, 2,000 years from now, you're going to see the miracle of heaven touching earth all the time, every day. On 2021, you're going to see God touch earth. In January, you're going to see God touch earth. In February, you're going to see God touch earth. In March, you're going to see God touch earth. And you're going to see him the whole year, all the way through. And you're going to say, oh, look at God. He went beyond. Come on, let's give God 10 seconds of praise everywhere everywhere hallelujah 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 praise god i'm just excited even if you're not which i know you are but i i love this because when then he gets ready for he knew he was about to turn you didn't think jesus knew that he was about to turn water into wine jesus knew just like he saw him underneath the feet. He knew his mom was three steps ahead of him, getting ready to say, hey, they're out of wine. And I'm going to give you a teaser for next week. When did the water turn to wine? You theologians. Was it when they brought the pitchers out, filled with water? Was it when they took it from the, the, those big pitchers to little serving pitchers? Was it when they took it from the little serving pitchers to the cup? Was it from the cup to the mouth? Hmm. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I can tell you one thing. 
God is going to do the miracle, and you're not even going to know when it happened. Oh, you'll, 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 you'll be faithful in God. I'm just going to church. I'm just reading my Bible. I'm just praying. And I don't remember when my family all got put back together. I don't remember when it all happened. But I, I, I don't know. Was it July? Was it when God, was it that, sir? I don't know when it happened, Josh, but all of a sudden our church, our ministry, this, our city, our state, our, I don't know when America turned their heart back to God, but I know God did the miracle and I didn't even know it. Oh, Y'all can tell, I'm excited. We're going to save that for next week. Come ready. Because I, I, I want to I wanna see God do the miracle and you not even know when it happened. Because all of a sudden, there's going to be this beyond experience that we walk into the sco- outside the scope of ordinary experience. And, and, and we're going to be walking our way through by faith. And, and then all of a sudden, each step is by faith and each stride and each moment, each month. And then pretty soon, you're going to make it through the whole year and say, I don't know how. But God was there the whole time. And all he did was show up to Nathaniel, who felt like nobody, and said, Nathaniel, you're incredible. Watch this. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, in Jesus' name, right now somebody's hearing in their heart, watch this. Oh, you thought it was okay. You thought it was bad. You thought it was difficult. Watch it get incredible. Watch me turn all the things that were meant for evil for your good. Watch me turn your mourning into dancing. Watch me turn your sorrow into joy. Watch me turn it around for you. And I thank you, God, that you are speaking an incredible, powerful word into the depths of who we are that we might never forget it because we're going to hide it within our heart that we might not sin against it. And I thank you that the word has gone forth, planted into good soil, and there will be a harvest, not just for this generation, but beyond this generation. And Lord, we're not just asking you to go beyond, but in 2021, we're going to go beyond, beyond in our faithfulness, beyond in our prayer, beyond in our worship, beyond, Lord, in every capacity and direction that you could call us and created us for and to do. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you're going to go beyond outside the scope of the ordinary. Oh, I'm ready to break out of the ordinary, mundane doldrums. I want extraordinary in my life. And Lord, you're going to do it and go beyond all that we can ask, think, or imagine. That means somebody needs to start changing the way you dream, the way you think, and what you speak. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you're going to do an incredible, mighty work in each and every one of our lives. And I pray that you would, Lord, minister to us throughout this whole week, prepare us to take us beyond. If there's anybody in here with your head bowed and eye closed and online that you want to give your life to Jesus today and say, you know what, I want to, I want to come follow him. I want that relationship. When I die, I want to go to heaven. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus. And the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's when salvation comes. For those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so right now, with nobody looking around, this is your personal decision. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you for that hand. 
Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you for that hand. Thank you for those online. Lord, and there's somebody in the prison cell right now raising their hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you, Lord. Come on. There are people right now saying, you know what? I ran away from God. I need to run back to God. I need to rededicate my life to God. Keep that hand up. I'm going to pray with you. Don't put it down. Lord, in Jesus' name, right now, you're speaking to them. So with every head bowed and every eye closed here and online, I want every voice to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Forgive me. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody shouted. Amen. Give God some praise. Amen. Amen. I'm fired up, guys. And I can't wait for third service. Make sure you're here next Sunday. Emily and I have a special announcement next Sunday. I'm going to leave you with a cliffhanger. Make sure that you RSVP. All three services are filling up quickly. Uh, so if they fill up at the beginning of the week, we'll add a fourth service. And that's okay. We'll do it. We'll make sure we have enough volunteers and team members. And I'll preach four, five, six, seven if we need to. But let's make sure we're RSVPing to create space for everybody in person. And of course, we want you to tune in every week online uh, to to what God is speaking through Bridge Church and the worship, the fellowship, and the engagement of discipleship that's going on here. So next week's going to be awesome, but let's speak our bridge declaration, be dismissed, and have a wonderful week. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.